Welcome to the More Than Anxiety Podcast. I'm Megan DeVito, and I'm the life coach for stressed out and anxious women who want more out of life. I'm here to help you create a life you love to live where anxiety isn't holding you back. Get ready for a lighthearted approach to managing anxiety through actionable steps, a lot of truth talk, and inspiration to take action so you walk away feeling confident, calm, and ready to live. Let's get to it. Hey there. Welcome to episode 61. I am recording this episode at the very end of October, smack dab in the middle of spooky season. So trick or treat was actually the night that I wrote this podcast episode where I live, because we don't ever do it on Halloween. I mean, why would we? <laughs> we don't, it's very weird. But we had trick or treat on a Saturday, which is fine, um, because I don't really have any kids trick or treating anymore. This is the first year that I have zero trick or treaters and zero costumes at my house, and it's kind of sad. My kids are growing up and Halloween has changed a lot, which is super fun and definitely easier, but it's also a little bit sad in a way. Not because I miss trick-or-treating or anything, but more because of the nostalgia. And I mentioned last week that I am not over the top at all when it comes to Halloween. I'm not one of those people that decorates outside the house other than putting some pumpkins out. But I do like to have fun. So I'm finding this more and more places in my life lately. Um, so when a friend of mine asked me for a podcast on becoming an empty nester or getting to that stage of life where you're an empty nester, I said yes right away. Yes, because our kids are about the same age and I'm in the same boat with her. But also, if your kids aren't teenagers or young adults yet, and you're already having those really big mom emotions, just watching them grow up, this is going to be helpful to you too. So keep listening. I remember being in the hospital when my oldest was born and crying because he was 24 hours old. So it is never too soon to start listening and preparing yourself for this because it's what you're raising these babies for. And then you get there and it's kind of big. I'm at a point in my life where I have two kids who've already graduated from college, and two more who are in high school. So I feel like that clock is ticking faster and faster all the time. I remember feeling like my house was way too small for six people, and suddenly there's a little more room in here, and it feels really weird. And when things feel weird, it's an open door to start thinking, and that is a slippery slope, especially if you tend to get anxious about things. I notice it making me want to hold on tighter to my high school kids who are doing what all high school kids do. They're really trying to figure out who they are and they're demanding independence. And I found myself looking at my two younger kids like they're still in elementary school. And I feel like I have to apologize to them for that because I don't think I did that with my older two. But I'll also admit that I love having adult kids and I want to put a stop right now to one of the most wrong and guilt-inducing things that I see on social media. It's like this trend right now, and it's ridiculous. So moms of babies and littles, you do not only have 18 summers with your kids. I don't know who made that up, but they're jerk. That is the biggest load of garbage that you are being fed to feel like you have to do all of the things and to be attentive every single minute. I've had five amazing summers with my 23-year-old since he turned 18. And I've had three with my 21-year-old. We hang out on the weekends. We go on trips. We go to dinner. Take that pressure off of yourself right now and know that if you are already dreading empty nesting and your baby can't even walk, 
if you have a 24-hour-year-old newborn and you're already crying, and if you are crying over one less summer because it's already November, stop. Exhale. You have time, and it is totally normal for you to have so much love for your babies. Of course you do. However, if you are watching your kids move out, whether they went off to college or the military, or they got their own place, and you're noticing it's a little too quiet, and you're staring at your spouse like, now what? Or who are you? (laughs) Things are going to change, and we're going to talk about all of that right now. Let's start with really understanding what empty nest is about. Empty nest, anxiety in particular, is a natural emotional response when your kids leave home that causes you to feel some kind of emotion. It might be sad. It might be lonely or anxious. And later on down the word, the road, the word is joy. I'm not there yet. I'm at the, okay, I'm figuring this out kind of thing. I have two that are, well, I have one that's out, one that's graduated and two in my house, but it feels a little weird. My oldest lives in his own place. It's pretty cool. I like it. I love it when he comes home still. So I'm figuring it out with you. Things are changing. And since your brain doesn't really love change, and especially if you're prone to feeling anxious, if you're wondering if they're safe, if you did enough, what you're going to do next and who the heck your spouse is because you've been so wrapped up in doing all the mom things for so long, you're not alone. I've had all of these same thoughts recently. When you've spent 18 or 20 years or however long pouring your heart and soul into raising a little human to be an adult, which is what we want them to be, and suddenly your work is done, you kind of start to wonder what happens next and maybe even question whether or not there is a next. Like, oh, so this is it. I guess I'm just going to like wrinkle up and turn into a blob and sit in my recliner for a while. No, 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 no. I started seeing this happen this past summer with me. My youngest daughter went through this shift that felt really different than when my older kids went from middle school to high school. It was this massive 180 and what she liked to do and how much time she would require from me. And she's going to be amazing. I mean, no matter what, she's going to be amazing, but it was weird. And what I noticed was I was going from spending scheduled time with her every day when I was driving her to her sports practices or to different things to not having that time with her anymore. And at the same time, my oldest had graduated from college and I told you that he was moving into his own place. He started his adult job and my two other kids were working and have always been kind of let me do it myself kids. And I felt like I was standing alone a lot of the time. My husband works a ton of hours. He always has. And I felt like I was standing there looking around, wondering where I fit. And you guys, it really hurt bad. I cried and I still sometimes cry about it. I felt totally directionless and maybe really sad. And it's because I had spent the last 20 years being a mom and loving it. And even though, of course, I'm still their mom, I'm not full-time mom anymore. And it felt really lonely and really mournful at that point. And even though, of course, I want my kids to be doing what they were doing, I'm insanely proud of them. There was this part of me that felt like I was lost in the woods. And to be honest, I am still working through that. And I imagine I probably will be for the next few years while my baby makes her way through high school. And when I think about that, there's part of me that's like, 
I have no idea what happens next. So if you're there, I'm in this with you. So as I record this podcast, just know that I am in that pre-empty nest place with you. And it's kind of just the stage of the stage of life that my friends and I are in. So if you are somewhere between like 40 and mid to late 50s, welcome to the club. This is where we are. So if you're in this place, you might notice yourself having a couple of really opposite ways of handling things, or you might find yourself going back and forth between both of these ways. And that's fine because you might be moving from a house where you've focused on your kids and you've created your life around their needs and their activities. It's normal to feel a ton of big emotions when that starts coming to an end. And especially when it's done. Some of those emotions might be amazing, like relief and liberation and like, I can do whatever the hell I want. But on the other side, you might feel like actual death. Like you might really feel big sadness and grief, or you might just go back and forth between these two different, like kind of different poles. Just kind of depends on your plans for the day or who else is around you and definitely what you're thinking about. So if you're feeling some emotional whiplash, you can be tempted to put all of those emotions into a box and shove them in the closet and lock the closet and try to just ignore them. So you don't let yourself think about what it was like to have kids around all the time because it feels uncomfortable and maybe even awful. But on the other side of the coin, you also don't want to feel what it's like to be deciding what to make for dinner and you realize you don't really have to cook for anybody but yourself and maybe your partner. And that situation has some big emotion to attach to it too, because you're like, um, fix your own dinner. And that's an amazing emotion because it's normal to have these experiences and these feelings. You can't just ignore them and you can't push them away. I promise that they're going to stick around longer and they're going to fester if you don't deal with them. And I know this might feel like a trap, but refusing to feel whatever emotion you feel about this new phase of life isn't going to get you where you want to go faster. And I'll get to what will help here in a minute. But first, I want to share a story about how this started for me and what you can do right now. And I do this with people when I coach them. We work through anxiety and other really big emotions, lots of coaching, all different coaches, whether you're a business coach or you are a marriage coach or anything else, we all work with emotions because emotions determine the direction that we're going to go because they change our thoughts. Our thoughts influence our emotions. Our emotions can influence our thoughts and all of that influences what happens in our lives. So I want to tell you a story about when my uh, my oldest went to college. I told you he just graduated and all of that, but when he was a senior in high school and I was getting my coaching certification. So this was what four or five years ago now. Um, I had a lot of big feelings about him, like these thoughts about, I'll never watch him swim again. I'll never, you know, he's not going to be in my house. I won't be able to tell him good night. I had like, I was crying about this because he was my first baby to go to college. And it was really hard. Not only do I have a lot of pretty negative memories of college myself that I'm sure were attached to picturing him there and just figuring that he would have the same experience, which he totally did not think. Goodness, he really loved college. Um, but I had that going against me. So as I was getting my coaching certifications, we had to do lots of back and forth coaching time with other coaches. And the coach who I was working with at that point had me do this activity. She was a therapist and she said, this is something that I do with people when we're in therapy. And she had me sit with the feeling 
that I had, like inside my body and the thoughts that I had about him going to college and all of these tears and this feeling. And so she had me, she had me draw it and it ended up looking like a sweaty pickle, (laughs) which doesn't mean anything about him or anything else. It's just how I pictured it in my head. So it looked like a green oval, like an oblong thing, but he had on, of course, a swim cap and goggles because my kid, he was a little, he was a swimmer and he was sweaty and I'm drawing this thing and I'm sobbing. And she's like, I need you to talk to it. And I was like, what? I'm not talking to this picture that I drew. That's weird. But I did it anyway. It was my coaching assignment for the week. So I did it. And what came out was it wasn't sadness. It was grief. It was just like grieving this part of losing him. I'm going to get emotional. Um, And kind of mourning that loss of who, who he was. And this was so empowering to me to be like, oh my God, I know what's going on here. And that was really my first experience with like my very first one bird's leaving the nest thing. And from there, every time that emotion came up, I'd be like, oh wait, this is grief. What am I letting go of? And I realized I'm like, oh, it's safe to let go of this because I'm going to see him next weekend. And he... Uh, little did I know that COVID would happen his freshman year and he would be actually just moving right back into my house. <laughs> I probably could have saved myself some tears there. But that process of really getting in touch with what am I actually feeling here that's making me feel so rotten all the time, even though I was excited for him to go to college, that is powerful. And that's really sitting in those emotions and getting it to the point where I was like, okay, I'm okay with him going to college. I'm okay with this happening and letting him be that kid and knowing that I'm like, oh my God, I have a college kid. This is really cool. And so when my daughter went, I kind of did the same process. I didn't draw it, but I let myself sit with that emotion and it was so much easier with her. And I'll let you know in the future how it goes with my other two because they're in high school and I kind of like that right now. So when we're talking about how to have less anxiety when you're entering that empty nest phase, it's really about understanding what you're feeling. If you go back and listen to episode 46, I did an interview with my friend Leslie Duffy, and she talked a lot about hormones, specifically perimenopause. And so if you are in this age range where your kids are getting ready to move out, you're probably also in the age range where you're experiencing perimenopause. So yahoo that all of that gets to go together. Unfortunately, or maybe factually, they both line up at the same time and moms are dealing with having an empty nest and really crappy hormone shifts and moods, plus increased anxiety because your body makes more cortisol when you're going through perimenopause. It's the perfect storm. There are lots of hormones and brain changes that are going on, and all of this is going to make the process of us doing what we're doing hormonally, but also watching them, it's going to make it more difficult, but also a little bit easier. So check out that episode to hear more, but I want to highlight a couple of things that um, these changes that Leslie talked about here on this episode too. And again, that was episode 46. So Leslie talked about how women have this shift that happens during this phase of life that I'm in and that maybe you're in as well. And postpartum moms, you're in it too. Just so you know, there's a lot of crisscross there with hormones. So we realize that we're at the top of this hill. We are not over the hill, but at that pinnacle where we get this incredible opportunity to look out and see everything that we've accomplished so far. Like, look at my baby, he can fly. 
And we get to decide what comes next. So you have two options here. You can see it as rolling down the hill where you're basically going to roll right into your grave. Or you can see it as you've worked your butt off raising amazing humans who are young adults. And now you get to sit back and use the experience and the knowledge that you have to build momentum toward what you want to do next. The hardest work is done. So you get to take a push and pull off of the whole thing. And you get to just enjoy the ride because you don't have to find childcare. And you don't have to make dinner every single night unless you want to. And you don't have to be a taxi driver unless you want to. And you don't have to do any of that unless you want to. And here's the best part. You can still do those things when you want to. And since they aren't happening every day, you get to appreciate and enjoy them more. You're like, oh my God, I get to drive my kid to this thing? I haven't had this time forever. This is really cool. It changes your perspective on it. I want you to notice that I am not ignoring the fact that you're going to miss parts of having your babies at home with you. That love and those memories are going to sting sometimes. And you have to let yourself feel that love and sometimes the sadness or the regret. But just notice that you have that love to begin with and that sadness is because you have the opposite feeling. Because some big love, like when you have that big love, it always comes with pain. You are never, ever, ever going to love something without pain. I don't like that fact at all, but it's so true. If you're going to love, you're going to experience pain. There's no way around that. So instead of trying to avoid feeling sad or lost or whatever emotion comes up for you, you need to let those emotions be there and not get wrapped up in them. So this is called processing emotions, and there are lots of different ways to do that. I read the other day that the actual chemical emotion that happens in your brain, when you have an emotion, there's a chemical reaction in your body. That actual effect on your subconscious brain or from your subconscious brain lasts for only 90 seconds. After that 90 seconds is up, it turns into a thought. And the more we circle back to those same thoughts, the more we feel those same emotions, which makes them bigger and which will actually, every time we think or we rethink the story that we're telling, because we never think the same thing twice, I have a really great method of processing these emotions I use with my clients to help them change the way that they feel emotionally inside their bodies and to actually start feeling good. So you can message me on Instagram or Facebook or wherever and schedule time for a consultation to hear more about that. But the point I'm making is that you need to let yourself feel sad and you need to let yourself find other things that are going to change that make you feel good, which means thinking about what comes next instead of what already happened. So since your brain is hanging on to the, since that chemical reaction inside your brain lasts for 90 seconds, once that 90 seconds up, once that's up, it goes back to your thoughts. Am I repeating the same story over and over again? Am I trying to remember the same things over and over again? And I very briefly mentioned that your brain never remembers the same thing twice, which is really kind of flippy when you think about the fact that your fondest memories aren't actually how they happened. That totally got up in my head. I was like, wait a minute. Are you telling me I don't remember this right? No, you don't. You actually don't. (laughs) But you don't know you don't. So I guess it's fine. So since refusing to feel the emotions that don't feel good is really only going to make them grow and last longer, you have to come up with a plan that's going to help you feel everything. The good stuff, the bad stuff, all of it, while you move forward to whatever it is that comes next for you. Because even though life looks different, it is not over. This is a great opportunity to get to know yourself better. You get to figure out what you like. 
Maybe it's something that you miss about the you who was around in high school or college. Maybe you used to have a sport that you loved and you're like, oh my God, I really wish I could play softball again. I know there are adult softball leagues and I know that people who are of my age go out and play them. Maybe you miss being, you know, doing art. Maybe you like to go and do clay or you like to paint and you just didn't have time because you were so busy being a mom. You get to go back and find those things. And if those things feel like they've passed, you get to discover new things that you like. So maybe you can actually talk your husband into doing like, I don't know, ballroom dancing or something. Maybe you decide that you want to start to hike. I actually know a lady who's a hiking coach and she teaches people how to be hikers, which I think is amazing. And I live in Indiana where it's very flat. So hiking is pretty lame around here unless you go to a a woods, which is beautiful, but there's not like a lot of hills in Northern Indiana. Um, But you could pick up any new thing. Maybe you always wanted to paint, but you never learned how. Maybe you want to start a business. Maybe you're like, you know what? I really want to change my career. This is an opportunity to do that because it's your time. You also have an opportunity to get to know your spouse again. And this is a strange one. I will be the first to admit that my husband and I have not done a nice job of dating each other since we dated, which was a very long time ago. So on my list of things to do is actually get to know my husband again. And I can see this opening up a little bit for us right now. It's been interesting. Like, I think he knows how hard it was for me when when my oldest moved out and that my kids, I see them like being more independent and how I'm like, Hey, I'm still over here. So you get to know your spouse again. You get to kind of date them. And if you are single, maybe you get to date somebody else or maybe you get to hang out with old friends or go out and meet new friends and get involved in new clubs or new, you know, new volunteer opportunities. All of this is there for there, there for you. Another thing that gets to happen that you can choose is changing your relationship with your kids. I have this really fun new relationship with my kids as adults, and you get to move into this place of being more of a friend and still be their mom, of course. They're still going to come to you when they need you. They're probably still going to ask you for money every once in a while. They definitely need your advice, maybe now more than ever, but you get to move into this new place of being more of a friend while you're their mom without having to be on them about making their bed or getting good grades. And I've been having so much fun joking around with my older kids and meeting up with them for lunch or going out of town with them for a few days because we can do that now. I said a few weeks ago, my daughter just turned 21 and we went to Boston. And so I got to take her out for her first drink as a 21-year-old. And God bless her, she's the tamest 21-year-old on the planet. So you get to have that relationship with them instead of being like, yes, but is your homework done? Do you have practice? Is your football jersey clean? You don't have to do that because they're adults and you just get to be the mom. The point I'm hoping that you're picking up here is that change can be uncomfortable and it's normal to feel sadness and even grieve and miss those snuggly little babies. And it's also okay to feel entirely liberated and to celebrate the fact that you have loads of freedom and lots of space to decide what you want to do when you want to do it. If you are wondering what in the world happens next, let's talk about coaching. Coaching is going to help you not only cope with your up and down emotions after your kids leave home, but also as you're preparing for your kids to leave home. You may still have kids who are in middle school and high school and it's on your mind. You can start preparing for that now to make it easier when it actually happens. I can help you thrive during this transition. 
You'll learn how to process your emotions, of course, but I'll also help you come up with a vision and a plan for what comes next. So if you're listening to this with no clue where to start or what you want to do, and you're thinking, I don't have hobbies, I don't even know if I have friends anymore, that's okay. We can start there. I've got some really fun and simple tools we can use on a consultation call to get you started so that you know what you want or maybe what needs attention. And you'll get a first step to getting your groove back, which is great. So I'll share that link to my calendar in the show notes so you can schedule your call. And you're also welcome to reach out to me on social media to talk to me more. I'm on Instagram and Facebook, both places as Coach Megan DeVito. I'm also on LinkedIn. I'm pretty much, I'm not on TikTok or Snapchat, but Instagram, Facebook, Reddit, LinkedIn, Anyways, I'm Coach Megan DeVito or just Megan DeVito on LinkedIn. So I hope this episode gave you some relief and some inspiration that you're not alone and that it helped you have a little glimmer of excitement for what can be coming up for you. And if I don't talk to you on a consultation call, I will be back next week. Take care. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the More Than Anxiety podcast. Be sure to subscribe and leave a review so others can easily find this resource as well. And of course, if you're ready to feel more relaxed, have more energy, more confidence, and a lot more fun, go to megandevito.com forward slash work with me or just to the show notes to talk to me more about coaching. See you soon.